you actually have a lot of control over a lot of aspects of your health. So for example, your diet plays a major role in specifically the types of foods that you choose to eat. So plants, plants, plants. Plants are great for lots of reasons for your immune system. Number one, they're rich in phytochemicals or rich in antioxidants, which are really key and necessary for healing. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen this week, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here, and you are here for a show that we can all relate to. This is a big, big, big topic, especially right now. Dr. Jasmine Sardana, she is here and she and I, well, we are going to be talking about feeling good this winter. And of course, that means how to avoid catching that pesky cold or the flu that is just no fun. Neither of those options are fun, really, when you think about it. We all get melancholy when we get the sniffles, right? Of course we do. So how often do we actually get the sniffles? Maybe more often than you would think. According to the CDC, adults will catch a cold two to three times every single year. And for kids, it's even more. And with the flu... Well, it was just a couple of years ago that here in the U.S., we were absolutely rocked by it. An estimated 45 million people came down with it. That's not something that you want to play around with either. A lot of them wound up in the hospital. Some of them unfortunately died. So the flu is definitely not something that you want to mess with. And that, that is the bad news. But now, here's the good news. You can do a lot to improve your chances of not catching the cold, of not coming down with the flu, just by watching what you eat. That is what we will be talking about today. How to stay healthy this winter. And and we're also going to be learning about a vegan flu vaccine. It's just as effective as the regular shot, but this one happens to be vegan. Now, you may be wondering, well, why would I need a flu shot if I'm eating healthy, if I'm eating that plant-based diet? And that is what Dr. Sardana will be talking about today. She's going to explain all of that, and she's going to help us key in on the foods that we should be eating to help keep us healthy as well. So we're going to combine that. We're going to get you set up for your best chance at staying healthy this winter. And we're going to be answering a ton of your questions. This was recorded. This segment was, it was a very special Facebook live broadcast. We had lots of viewer feedback as we were doing it. So we got to a ton of questions and the information on this show. Well, it might just help you stay fit as a fiddle when it seems like everyone else around you is reaching for that box of tissues. (laughs) 
I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for joining us for a very special edition of the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I'm sitting across the table from Dr. Jasmul Sardana from the Barnard Medical Center. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you, Chuck, for having me. So excited to be here. Is it okay if I call you Dr. Jazz? Please do. That's so cool. Thank I've, you. Yeah, I feel like I should. Like, you have such a fun personality, <laughs> like Jasmul. Like, that's a wonderful name. Dr. Sardana is also like, that's a power name, but sure. Dr. Jazz is what's up. You know what? I'm, that's who I am now. I'm cool. Dr. Jazz. I right like it. on. All right. Well, bring the rhythm here because today we are going to be talking about the immune system. You know, it's the season, the holidays, but it's also the season for colds mm. and flus. You so know, true. I think about this when I'm riding home on the train and I'm surrounded by everybody and they're coughing and they're sneezing and I'm just like, oh gosh, I hope I don't get sick. How much of the immune system and our ability to ward off colds and flus comes from our diet? So that's a really great and important question. And I think the answer to that, the answer to that is, yes, we have a lot of control. And I don't think enough people know or understand that you actually have a lot of control over a lot of aspects of your health. So for example, your diet plays a major role in specifically the types of foods that you choose to eat. So plants, plants, plants. Mm. That's my motto. The three Ps. The three Ps, um, including peas. So, <laughs> so fruits and vegetables. So they're, plants are great for lots of reasons for your immune system. Number one, they're wonderful because they're rich in phytochemicals or rich in antioxidants, which are really key and necessary for healing, right? So specifically, um, red berries, blueberries, dark green leafy vegetables, those are amazing foods. So they work wonderful um, within themselves, but they also act as prebiotics for the gut bacteria, for the bacteria that live in our gut, for the good bacteria specifically. So the good bacteria that's in our gut, when we increase the amount of good bacteria that's in our gut, that equals a healthy gut, and a healthy gut equals a healthy immune system. So eating those healthy foods, great for us, but it's also important to feed the good bacteria in our gut. We hear so much about gut bacteria, and that, that controls so many aspects of our – I mean, so much of it. That's one of uh, our most requested topics, as a matter of fact, is, is gut health. If you go back and you look at the, the shows that have been listened to the most, like uh, the two that we've done on that are just – they're both in the top five. People can't get enough. No, because it's it's a super hot topic. And we're still learning so much about it. And I think that's what's exciting because a lot of things within medicine, we've kind of heard and we kind of rehear those things over and over again. But to have this new topic that we're still learning about is exciting. Well, we will touch on that, I'm sure, a little bit more throughout mm -hmm. this uh, broadcast. But really what we are talking about today is how to fight off the cold and the flu with food more or less. And by the way, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, go ahead and post that in the comment box below. We will do our best to get to as many questions as we can before the end of the broadcast. Now then, on the table in front of me uh, <laughs> is a flu vaccine. Now, I honestly got the flu shot on the show last year, and I had somebody fire back immediately. I mean, they were like, well, if you're eating a healthy plant-based diet, why do you even need the flu shot? Why would I? Great. So eating healthy foods, being a vegan, being plant-based is wonderful. It's amazing. Um, it's wonderful, your immune system, but it does not replace getting a flu vaccine. I recommend a flu vaccine for all of my patients. Um, because what's in here is um, 
is what's exactly needed to be able to fight off your uh, fight off the potential flu. Because the flu vaccine, what it does, and what I'm going to give you today is called flu block. Um, and important to mention is that flu, blo- flu block is actually a vegan vaccine. And so most flu vaccines are... Um, are extracted or they start off with the um, with a fertilized chicken egg and then the proteins are extracted from that they're multiplied and then that goes into creating flu vaccines this is the only vaccine that's licensed and on the market that doesn't do that so mm. number one um, but but in general what the flu vaccine does diet is great very important but what the flu vaccine does it allows our bodies to be exposed to proteins that are found within the flu virus themselves so our bodies get a head start in creating the antibodies to be able to fight off the flu ah. so absolutely important we're kind of already into the winter season. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to get a flu shot? Absolutely not. Um, last year, we actually ended up having a late flu season. So this is prime time. Um, it takes about two weeks for your bodies to form those antibodies as well. So the sooner you can get it, the better. It's okay. great. Yeah, no, it's not too late at all. And uh, if you live in the Washington, D.C. area, the flu block is available upstairs at the Barnard Medical That's Center. That's right. Come see us. That's right. So uh, you can check them out, barnardmedical.org, make an appointment to see Dr. Jazz, or just call up and say, hey, I want a flu shot. Uh, but I think uh, before we go any further, we should go ahead and, and start, uh, we're, we're doing this in the arm, right? I mean, I know that there are well, other places that we can do this. Well, we're going to keep it PG. We'll do it in the <laughs> arm today. Yes. Okay. All right. I was getting nervous before a shot. <laughs> you know? You know, it it's okay. It's okay. We understand, but nothing to be nervous about. I'm going to I'm going to tell you a quick trick. Yeah. Um so when people get the flu shot, they get really nervous when it comes to the needle themselves, the needle itself. There's it, that's a very real thing, right? Like right. need fear of needles. Sure. Um because they're worried about the pain and the discomfort of that. So one trick that I have learned that's been successful um, and something that I tell my children and what I tell my patients as well is that when the flu shot or what any injection or any vaccine that you get, before you get it or right when that needle is about to go in, cough. Mm. So I'm going to come around. Yeah, come on. Come on right around. I'm going to turn my arm here. Let's see if we can make it reach. I want this to get on camera. Excuse me. We're just going to. Can you get? Is that does that yes, work for you? That works. So I'm just gonna clean the area off. You tell me when to cough. And I'll tell you when to cough. I mean, I, I don't know if I should look or not. Up to you. Nah, it's cool. Ready? Okay. One, two, three, cough. <coughs> wow. How about that? Didn't even feel it. Yeah. And that's it? That's it. All right. Ooh, do I get a band aid? You can get a band aid. Outstanding. Thank you so much. I can't even tell where I went. I know. I, I I'm couldn't just going to put anything. it somewhere over here. That works for me. I think that w- that was in the vicinity of where that was. Honestly, I didn't even feel that. Uh, no no choking there. So that's that's not that bad at all if you have a fear of needles. Uh, you know, no problem. Go ahead. Awesome. Um, so that's that's good to know. Like, that is, that is really a, an important point. And it's something that we kind of talk about around the office, but not a whole lot of times on the air, is that... You know, a plant-based diet can help reduce your risk of getting, you know, colds and mm-hmm. flus and, and chronic diseases, you know, worse stuff, heart Absolutely. disease, diabetes. But there is no real magic bullet, right? That's exactly right. Um, there is no magic bullet, but the the things that you can do to mitigate that risk of developing colds and flus, you have a ton of control with your diet. And getting the flu vaccine, I think you'll be, you know, really, you'll, you'd be protected. What kind of foods should we be eating? Like, which ones are really the best ones when it comes to staying healthy during the winter? 
So um, getting a lot of fresh vegetables, um, so stews, warm soups and stews where you're able to get a variety or eating the rainbows. It, you know, it's not just in the winter, Chuck, right? Germs are around us constantly all of the time. We're inundated during the winter season true. Um, but getting that rainbow of vegetables and fruits every single day is going to be key. Um, and the reason why we have to eat the rainbow is because, we, t- as we talked about before, those phytochemicals, they're specific our foods are colored, uh, different colors and brightly colored for specific reasons, right? So there's special things that are in orange foods and red foods and green foods and blue foods and purple foods. And getting all of that together, um, I think, is powerful. So it's not just one specific food. And I think sometimes we get um, we get excited about one superfood or we get excited about one particular food in general. And, and, and that can be okay to a degree, but not to um, lose sight of the forest uh, in between the trees, right? right? And to make sure that you're getting all of all of that, um, right, right. eating the rainbow so is key. kale is great, but you need to put other things in the salad, that's, basically. That's true. You, I mean, if you like kale that much, that's great, but you know, you probably want other things along with your kale. Right. Try some blueberries with kale. Uh, so antioxidants, right? Yes. So blueberries, that's very high in antioxidants. That's those right. dark-colored foods, especially high in antioxidants, those, those are really good as well, right? Those are so important and so key for healing. Absolutely. Blueberries, dark green leafy vegetables, um, Kale, spinach, you mentioned, strawberries are key as well, um, are, yeah, really rich in antioxidants. Now, uh, if you have a question for Dr. Jazz, go ahead and post it in the comments section below. Again, we will try to get as many as possible in during the broadcast. Um, you have a number of young children at home. You're a mom of, of three. I am. Um, you know, kids are just notorious for bringing home germs. I this think that true. schools are just loaded with them. Like teachers, I mean, you hear some of them talk, and they are sick year round. God bless them. I know. God so, bless them. So when you're working in that environment or you have children, like right. what are some tips, what are some tricks there as far as making sure that you, you stay healthy? Well, they have a special room that they can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble, really? <laughs> no, I joke, I joke. Um so that you're, I'm going to sound like a broken record a little bit, but I make sure my kids have. I pack their lunch um, almost every day, and I make sure that they have vegetable, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits every single day. Um, absolutely for for their lunch and when we, when they come home for dinner, we make sure that we're eating vegetables. Absolutely right. Um, so make, they're making sure that I'm encouraging them to eat as many fruits and vegetables as possible is key because again, diet. Whether you're a child, whether you're an adult is going to be key. Washing your hands constantly. You must wash your hands. I mean, I think hand sanitizer is great, you know, in uh, like if you're if you don't have a sink and soap right in front of you, that's great. Um, and to be able to use a hand sanitizer, but nothing really replaces, you know, soap and water. So washing your hands a ton, um, eating really well, getting lots of water. It's t- it, that's tough to do too, but getting lots of water um, and then rest and sleep. Let's talk about hydration because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of hot tea throughout the day, especially during the winter, yes. and probably drink more of that than I do water. 
is is the key just to stay hydrated or is really water the key here? So I think water, if you ask me what's the best beverage out there, water, absolutely. Um, it's certainly if you want to get it through tea, that's fine. Um, caffeine has some dehydrating properties um, because it acts against a particular hormone called antidiuretic hormone, which allows you to lose water or causes you to lose water. So sticking with water, 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 water. That's my second motto. If um, I do a one to one ratio, is that okay, do you think? That's pretty good, okay. yeah. And, and it really also matters how much water. How much water are you getting during the day? When you say it, so that's, I get into specifics with my patients too. So I drink a lot of water. What does that really mean? Right, so right now, I mean, I can break it down. So it, it's it's right around five cups of tea, which admittedly is a lot, but yeah. I do enjoy me some tea. And then, it's, <laughs> and then I will try to balance it out with about three cups of water. So okay. I, I've always been, I was brought up being told, drink eight, eight ounce glasses mm-hmm. of water a day. Well, I think, all right, well, I'm still getting my eight ounce glasses. It's just five of them are tea. Now there's no sweetener. Like this is just tea. That's an important point. Really good point, Chuck, because people will say, you know, uh, I'm drinking my tea and tea is healthier or better than coffee or soda or these things. But what exactly are you putting in your tea? Mm, Right. You know, so uh, focusing on water is great. Tea, you can have your tea. Thank you. Focus more on water. But um, yeah. Do you know if green tea or black tea is any better? Um, You know, green tea, they both have really good benefits. Um, Green tea is really, really healthy as well. Um, Tea in general, but, you know, either or, whatever your your choice is, there are benefits for both. What about, um, you know, talking about just straight up tea, but we are a soda nation. We love our soda. We love our pop. Right. You know, what does that do in terms of kind of increasing our risk of getting sick? Yeah, so not good things. So if you want to drain, if you want to clear a clogged drain, one of the tricks to do you, that you can do is to open a soda can, a can of Coca-Cola and pour it down the drain. Right. And it clears that drain. I don't necessarily want that in my body. No. So if you can think about what that does, if that soda, what that's doing as far as breaking down the lining and breaking down the residue that's in that drain, imagine what that's probably doing in your body. If you put a chicken bone, not that we eat chicken, but if you had a chicken, a leftover chicken bone from somebody else and put it in a, in a, uh, a cup of soda, um, after several hours, all of the calcium, all it turns into a gummy bone. Mm-hmm. So it depletes your body. It's, um, it's, it's caustic, essentially. So it's not healthy for you. Absolutely not. You just, uh, you said chicken. So kind of my mind goes immediately then, well, my gosh, I haven't asked you yet. You know, we've said plants, plants, plants right. are good. But what if somebody's eating, say, an Atkins diet or a keto diet that's very high in animal protein? What does that do in terms of the immune system? So I get a little bit nervous when I hear about um, individuals that eat that type of a diet. I know for the short term, we hear there's a lot of studies, there's a lot of literature out there. In the short term, there is benefit to losing weight, mm-hmm. right? And the benefits that come with a decreased BMI, including all-cause mortality, decreased mortality. However, you know, I'm not I know that for the long term, eating that way is just not the healthiest thing to do. Right. Um, that's, that's funny because when I was still overweight, I thought that if I lost weight, like everything would just magically fall into place. But you know, that's a big part of the picture admittedly, but it's not the entire picture. That's kind of what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what about dairy? Kind of the same thing? Yeah. Similar. Absolutely. So dairy, meat, 
limiting that, taking that out of your diet completely um, is going to be the healthiest thing for you because dairy... What's interesting about dairy, and specifically cheese, is that um, it's a concentrated form of milk. Mm -hmm. Um, So the amount... Cheese is like 78 to 80% fat, right? Something like that. and, And when you're concentrating fat, you're concentrating all these other not a healthy products within it as well. So limiting that, getting that out of your diet is probably the best way to go. Uh, before we move on to viewer questions, I got to ask you, okay, yeah. so you talked about the warm soups and the stews and, and the things that you put in your kid's lunchbox, but what else is on your menu at home? What are the go-to foods that you, you eat? Oh, that's awesome. So our family is Indian and we eat a ton of vegetables. So we do lots of potatoes and eggplants. We do potatoes and spinach. Um, we do, we make these wonderful flat breads at home on the stove that's stuffed with so for example say uh, one night we decide to make um, potatoes and spinach or potatoes and peas and we put like turmeric and black pepper and we have these amazing spices in it the next day what we what we'll do is mash that up and stuff that into a flatbread and then cook that over the stove and that's called a perota and it's really (laughs) good (laughs) yes yes yeah Uh, dr jazz you work just two floors up for me. I do. Would it be too much to ask you the next time you make one of those <laughs> to go ahead and you bring one it. in the office? You got it, Chuck. You, you are got the it. best. This is a good day. That is a great day right it. there. Uh, that actually sounds really, really good. It's it's super simple. It's great. My kids eat it, so that's the most important thing. That is okay. So that's another question that we get all the time right. from viewers and listeners. It's well. How do I get my kids on board with that? What do you do? So my kids, I, I'm so, so lu- lucky and blessed. I have a mom and a mother-in-law who are amazing cooks, and they cook for our children, and um, they cook really delicious vegetable dishes. And so I have them try out and cook and whatever they like from their grandmas. I try to replicate that at home. Um, and they're really good cooks. So I'm, I'm kind of lucky in that they get to kind of introduce them to really good foods. That's good. And they get on board with yes, that and they're and excited about it. They are. And then the other thing I do with my kids, since you asked this question, is we do a lot of cooking at home too, whenever mm-hmm. we can. My kids love cooking. So if you have children at home and you're worried or you're not sure about introducing vegetables or a new vegetable, get them in the kitchen with you. Help them to put things into the pot, to stir, uh, to taste along with you. They will love it. They'll enjoy it. And they're more likely to eat the food that you make. Are your older kids aware that, you know, by eating the way that they do, that they really are boosting the immune system and setting themselves up long term for better health? Absolutely. That's why we do it, right? As a mom, I want to make sure that my kids are set up to be successful in life, to be healthy in life. And knowing that I'm providing them or encouraging them to eat this way, I know that I'm doing that. So I'm confident. Yes. Outstanding. You ready for some listener questions? Let's do it. All right. These these are some pretty good ones. Um, I think that we already covered, Walk Little Lady wanted to know, what do you think about the flu vaccine? I think that we've already covered that one. Here's an interesting one. Somebody wrote in uh, asking, why don't people talk about zinc and the immune system? Oh, interesting point. There have been studies, um, I can't remember specifically off the top of my head, but certainly uh, deficiencies in certain micronutrients, including zinc, has been tied to um, decreased um, immune system function. So 
there are some very good zinc-rich foods um, that are important for you to get. Um, and I had a little cheat sheet here. That Yes, so chickpeas, hemp seeds, lentils, oatmeal are rich in zinc. So it is important. Um, and we do know that being deficient in some of those micronutrients um, certainly affect our immune system. Uh, better to get it uh, naturally through food or supplements? Such a good point, Chuck. So... I think we live in this society where if we find something that's really good, we want to extract it and put it in a pill and eat that every day. Um, and, and I'm not sure that that's really the best way to go about it. Getting zinc, getting those micronutrients in the whole foods, in that whole food form is going to be absolutely much better than taking a pill. Um, somebody else wrote it. Susan uh, wanted to know, are flu shots effective for seniors? We don't want to get them. So that's, a, that's also another really good question. If you are, um, so the CDC recommends the flu vaccine absolutely for individuals uh, above 18. If you are 65 years and older, because as we get older, our immune system declines in function naturally. Um, if you are 65 and older, you are among that group of individuals, including pregnant women, who are at high risk of developing complications should you get the flu. Right. So absolutely right. recommend the flu shot for Right. Them. And and from what I'm seeing, a lot of people are just kind of, you know, curious about well, why why are we talking about a, a flu shot? So for those who weren't here at the top of the broadcast, mm-hmm. can you uh, associate like why the flu shot is still important if you are eating a plant-based diet. Right. So the plant-based diet is great, but it does not, it's not going to completely protect you from the flu. Um, And certainly the flu vaccine is not going to completely protect you from the flu. You can still get the flu shot and develop the flu later, but the risk of that is markedly decreased, decreased by by about 40 to 60%. Um, And, you know, the epidemiologists and those and the scientists who work to develop the flu vaccine each year really try to predict which strains are going to be most prominent uh, in the coming year. And they try to do a really good job. um, But it's not always 100%. So in order, eating a vegan diet is wonderful, but adding on that flu um, shot is going to keep you even more protected. Right. And I think it it also boils down to a, a personal choice. Like you, you can't force anybody to Absolutely do anything, not. right? No. Right. So if a patient comes to you mm-hmm. and they're like, I, I, I'm not going to get a flu shot, like, okay. Yeah. No, I, you know, I really, I hear this. I hear this often. It's not a new um, kind of um, wall that, that I face with my patients. And a lot of patients are concerned about what's in the flu shot. Um, and what I really try to do is talk to them and educate them about why I think it's important, but ultimately the decision is up to them. And what are some of the common myths out there as far as the flu vaccine and what they, you know, we, you know, they think may happen adversely? Right. So I think the biggest one that, that comes to mind is that you're going to get the flu if you get the flu shot. And that's just not true, specifically, especially with flu block, because there's no virus in that vaccine. It's the protein derived from the virus itself. Um, There's not a live virus within it. So you're not going to get the flu. Oftentimes, if you are, if you develop symptoms after getting a flu shot, it's probably because you were brewing something prior to that. So you don't get the flu uh, from a flu vaccine. Right, right. Uh, Are there any side effects from the flu block at all? Like, so obviously I just got one about 20 minutes ago. Like, what what do I have to look out for for the next 24, 48 hours? Sure. So at the site, you might have some redness, a little bit of, um, it might feel a little bit tender or sore. Um, But the biggest 
things to look out for are allergic reactions. Um, right. You know, so if you're um, having trouble breathing, if there's a rash, if there's increased or marked swelling, um, there could be infection at the site as well if you weren't, um, if the area wasn't cleaned or administered properly. So redness, swelling, uh, tenderness at the site. Those are things to look out for. Okay. If you have questions, uh, not just about the vaccine, but about uh, your immune system, that's really what we're here to talk about is food and the immune system. A lot of good information so far. Uh, somebody's writing in, should I stop dairy for my toddlers and introduce them to almond milk? I was hoping to do that when they were 10 years old or so. Yeah. Um, my kids love almond milk. That's what they eat. Uh, that's what they drink. We've trialed on almond milk, uh, soy milk, and oat milk. Um, so I think it's a great choice for your children if you're thinking about it. Uh, I think that there are some parents out there who aren't yet familiar with the plant-based diet who mm -hmm. are saying, well, you know, my child needs this milk. You know, we, right. we've been told that since we were little kids. A lot of our parents were raised right. up with that. I know I was as well, you know, milk from, you know, grow strong bones and that's all of right. that good that's stuff. Right. Any concern about that? Yeah. So milk is from a cow is great for a baby cow. And if you don't have a baby cow at home, I'm not sure that you need milk at home. Uh, you're going to get all the nutrients, all of the calcium, all of the requirements needed for your babies to be healthy from a whole food plant-based diet that does not involve um, consuming milk. Here's an interesting question. A lot of people think that juicing is the way to boost the immune system. Mm. Uh, Amanda writes in, is celery juice all it's cracked up to be? <laughs> So uh, celery is awesome. It's great. Again, I think it goes along the line of we find one thing that's really, really great and we want to you know, consume as much of it as possible. Um, celery is wonderful. Um, but drinking celery juice on its own to get all the benefits, um, I think, is a, a narrow view of what celery can do for you. Mm -hmm. Again, if you combine celery with onions and carrots and, and throw it in and make a stew, that's probably a lot more beneficial. And certainly juicing, what happens when you juice um, fruits and vegetables is that you're losing a lot of the fiber. And we talked a little bit earlier about how fiber is really, really important for the good bacteria that's in your gut. So you're losing that when you're juicing. Right, right. So celery juice is, is good every now uh, and again, but my go-to or my answer will always be to eat the food in its whole uh, form. Just time for uh, one more here, and uh, this is an interesting one. Can a vegan diet help with malabsorption issues? Oh, Okay, interesting question. So those I, I see that as two different um, those are two different topics. So a vegan diet, um, but I can see how it could be interrelated. Interrelated. So a vegan diet, when you have healthy um, foods, you're increasing the gut bacteria, you're increasing the health of your gut. You're making sure that those junctions within the lining of with between the cells in your gut are really tight. They're not leaky. You're not losing uh, antigens and, and uh, triggering your immune system. So I can see how they're the, uh, that too could be potentially related. Um, so say the question one more time. It's so the vegan diet and can it help with malabsorption? So issues? The ma right. So the malabsorption. So on one hand, I can see how it can be helpful because it'll keep your gut healthy. But if you're having malabsorption issues, I'd say number one, see your healthcare provider and figure out what exactly does that mean. Because in this day, um, lots of people are concerned about gluten sensitivity. They're concerned about um, malabsorption. What does that truly mean? I, that's what I would probably, as a follow-up right. for that. Right. My mind kind of wondered, I, I'm not the doctor here, but mm -hmm. my mind is just wondering, well, is it malabsorption or are you not getting enough of the nutrients in the first place? That's right. Right. Um, you know, I know that... Uh, 
a plant-based diet is generally uh, more nutrient-dense, so that's certainly going to help you, at least put you in the right direction, but... If there's something else going on, then yeah, you know. that's right. I think you pro- you might need to see your doctor and and um, have a few more questions answered. Right. Yeah. Well, if if you are in the Washington D.C. area, you who asked that question, or if you are in the Washington D.C. area and you just need to see a doctor, Doctor Jasmine Sardana, she is here. She is at the Barnard Medical Center here, fifty one hundred Wisconsin Avenue. Check them out. Make an appointment for yourself at barnardmedical.org. Any final thoughts as we wrap this up? Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Uh, I would encourage all of your listeners to eat plants, 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 um, get the rainbow every single day. If you haven't gotten your flu shot, um, I would encourage you to do that as well. Dr. Chaz, thank you so much. A quick capper on that conversation. Through the end of 2019, There have already been as many as 9 million cases of the flu in the U.S. alone. So let's take care of ourselves this winter and and our loved ones too. Help them out by sharing the show with them and hopefully keeping them flu and cold free as well. Now, if you're interested in learning more about the flu block vaccine and maybe even getting it, If you live in the D.C. area, you can find a link to the Barnard Medical Center's website to make an appointment to get that for yourself. You can find a link to that in the show notes on Apple Podcasts or however it is that you're hearing this. And we've also posted a link to the CDC's page all about the flu block vaccine. You can find that in the show notes as well. That page in particular, it goes more in depth about the vaccine. If you want to learn more, that is certainly the place to do it. Now, over on my Facebook page, I recently asked for suggestions on topics, things that you want to hear us talk about in the new year. And you guys, you did not hold back. We got inundated. I loved it. We got a ton of great ideas and they're still coming in. So head over there and post your ideas. What is it that you want to hear about this year? Get in on that conversation. Just go ahead and post a note on my Facebook page, and hopefully we can get to the show. Uh, Tons of suggestions so far. Everything from thyroid issues to menopause, people wanting to know about meal prep, and can we give some easy recipes, and people wondering how can they teach their kids about eating a plant-based diet. Also had some people on the other end of the age spectrum wondering how old is too old to go vegan and then with the game changers craze out there we had a couple of athletes chime in even some bodybuilders wanted to know well how can i get all chiseled and keep my six-pack if i'm eating a plant-based diet had some people write in wanted to know about the connection between food and mental illness and we also had more than a handful of people write in to ask about emotional eating that one is huge And if I can make a confession, that's also something that I still struggle with to this day. Especially when I get stressed out. For whatever reason, the first thing I want to do when I feel that stress hit is reach for food. Even though I lost a ton of weight, that is still 
the thing that my brain says, let's feel better, let's reach into that cabinet, let's get a snack. And that's that's just the way that it is. And you want to talk about emotional eating. When that happens, it becomes this big internal struggle. I wrestle with it in my mind. I do. And I obviously, I don't want to gain the weight back. Not just because I don't want to gain it back for myself, but I, I also feel this incredible sense of accountability now with you guys as the weight loss champion. I never want to be perceived as being a fraud. I'm not. It's important to me that I continue to be hopefully what is perceived as as an inspiration. And so when I'm stressed out and I want to grab that snack, that food, even if it's a healthy food, I still have this struggle. But when that happens, all of that stuff, it runs through my mind and I go to war with myself and I try so hard to come up with a reason to justify giving in. I play these little mind games with myself. Well, I I deserve it. I can do this and then I'll I'll shave some calories later and it'll balance out. Or, well, you didn't really eat a big lunch, so it's okay to do this now and you'll certainly feel better. And you need that comfort. You need to feel that warm blanket. So go ahead, give in. And the more that I wrestle with it, the more frustrated I become. Angry sometimes even. I want to give in so badly, but I don't. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I don't win this war. I win. I try to win as often as I possibly can. But I don't always. And I'll tell you what happens after. Is that you get, maybe it's the same for you. Yeah, you feel a little bit better initially as you're eating. But then you kind of get this sense of guilt that comes in. Because you didn't win. You gave in to this this craving, this emotional eating. You reached for that blanket because you wanted to feel better. And that blanket is food. And a lot of times when we make these choices, maybe we're not reaching for the healthiest food. That's emotional eating. And really, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's healthy or not. It doesn't. The fact of the matter is you ate it, you feel like you shouldn't have, and you feel this sense of guilt. And maybe it's the same for you too. Sometimes you feel like you've won and you're able to walk away initially, but that stress, that anger, that sadness, whatever it is that is triggering this for you, that is still present so a couple of minutes later you get that urge to reach again for food and you start that entire war all over again and it is frustrating man it is a very very real struggle a very real struggle I always feel so much better when I can walk away and walk away for good, you know, and not give in. There's this sense of pride and accomplishment that comes with it. Like, yeah, you know, I still got this. 
I still got this. I'm going to be okay. That's an amazing feeling that I love. Kind of makes me feel better about what it was I was feeling bad about in the first place. But getting to that point is so, so difficult. It's a battle. I don't know. That's what it's like for me. What's it like for you? Like, is it the same? I, I want to know. I'm genuinely curious. Like, message me on Facebook and let me know. Or shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram at Chuck Carroll WLC. Let's strike up a conversation about this before we get a full show on it. Because if there are so many people out there that struggle with this, we need to get that dialogue going a little bit sooner. Maybe we can get a small support system going. I don't know. But what I do know is that the struggle is super, super, super real. And a lot of us can use some help with this. And so maybe just by talking about it, we can get some tips, we can get some tricks, and we can feel a little bit better about things as we move forward. And a couple of housekeeping notes as we wrap things up. Speaking of the show, if you haven't already done so, if you could please go ahead and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your shows from, we would certainly appreciate that. And when you do, if you could also leave a five-star rating. Those five-star ratings, the reason that we ask for them is because... They help us. They help us get out in front of as many eyes and as ears as possible because those five-star ratings, they help us climb in the rankings on Apple Podcasts and wherever else that show is. And so the higher we are in the rankings, the more people will find us. And the more people that find us, the more people that get this life-changing and potentially even life-saving information. So please go ahead and subscribe and leave us that five-star rating, and we would appreciate it. And now we have an exciting announcement. Starting next week, we are going to be doubling up on shows for a while. We are going to be doing an entire series of podcasts surrounding the launch of this new book coming out, written by none other than Dr. Neil Barnard. And this book... It's called Your Body in Balance. It's going to be released early next month. And get this. It is all about hormones. Huge topic. A absolute huge topic. We've actually posted a link. You can pre-order the book right now. We posted that link in the show notes below. And Dr. Barnard, by the way, in addition to this podcast series... He's going to be doing a whirlwind tour of speaking engagements to help promote this book. He's going to be touring all over the place. So if you head over to his Facebook page and you go to the event section, you can get a full list of when and where he will be speaking. And by the by, there's a rumor flying around that maybe one night in early February, he and I will be doing a very special live broadcast of the exam room from somewhere in D.C., and uh, we will be talking all about that book, going in-depth about it. The past couple of months, I've actually spent traveling the country talking to a lot of people who are featured in this, people who struggled for years getting their hormones under control, and they were finally able to do it by changing their diet. And they struggled with all sorts of issues, everything from the worst acne you can imagine to so many people with thyroid issues and, and diabetes, and you might be wondering, well, 
how is diabetes related to hormones? We're going to tell you. It's fascinating stuff. There are so many topics in there, all of them super inspiring, super enlightening, that might just help change or even save a life. So check out that book, Your Body and Balance. There's a link to pre-order it right now in the show notes below. And starting next week, we got a whole series of these things coming. You're going to hear some incredible stories and some incredibly important information. Dr. Barnard will be joining me for each and every one of those shows. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you can be among the first to get that show. And for this week, that's going to pretty much do it for us. My thanks again to Dr. Jasmal Sardana, a.k.a. Dr. Jazz. Make sure that you make an appointment to go see her at the Barnard Medical Center in the Washington, D.C. area, if you're so inclined. You can also find her on Instagram at underscore wellkitchen underscore. She's quite the food stylist and motivational quote poster on there. So definitely you're going to want to go ahead and hit that follow button on IG for her as well at underscore well kitchen underscore that's well kitchen bookended by underscores and for everyone here at the physicians committee i am the weight loss champion chuck carroll thank you so very much for listening and remember keep it plant-based <laughs>